Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. If you brought your Bibles, join me in the Gospel of Matthew and chapter number 16 this morning. Matthew chapter number 16. And I want to say right up front that today's message is a one-two punch. And so this morning, we'll deal with the first segment. And then I'm going to ask you to do something that some of you don't usually do, and that is consider joining us tonight for part two. Tonight's going to be extremely practical and very, um, I would say, interactive in the message. And so I would hope that you would consider joining us this evening uh, along with the message this morning and put them both together. I'm going to talk to you this morning a little bit about the church. And the church is a very special place in God's economy. It's a special place in many of our lives. I thank God for the churches that I was able to be a part of through the years when I got saved, got into a really, really good church. And uh, that first church really helped me to build a, a solid foundation, you know, and, uh, and I'm glad for it. And I'm thanking God for the church we have here, Open Bible. Say it with me, Open Bible. And you know what we do here at Open Bible? We open the Bible. <laughs> That's deep theology, isn't it? And uh, we ask the Lord to speak to us and challenge us and exhort us and help us to grow to be the people He wants us to be. And so look at a passage with me. In fact, look at a verse with me. I, I'm not going to get into the passage because I know I'll get distracted. This is one of my favorite passages, Matthew 16, verse 13, down there through 18. But I want you to look just at verse 18 with me this morning. Look what the Bible says. And I say, un, uh, and I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter... And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Say it again. Amen. Amen. I want you to notice the statement in that text. These are Jesus' words where he said, I will build my church. Did you see it? Verse 18. Jesus said, I will build my church. So let's, let's pause for a second. Let me ask you this. Uh, hey, guys, if you would, just stay with me. Just keep going. You got my slides, right? Just don't wait for me to say what it is. Just go ahead and keep going with it. There you go. Uh, l- let me ask you this. What, what does that mean to you? When, when the Bible says in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 18, I will build my church, what does that look like to you? Think about it for a second. What, what does that look like? When, when, when we speak about... Uh, when we speak about the church today, right, what does that look like to you? What does that mean to you? I guess this, I guess it means different things to different people. And maybe, maybe our answer would be influenced by our upbringing. Think about it. You know, um, if I were to ask someone who just recently got saved uh, and started coming to a church like this, I would ask them, so what's church look like to you? And they would probably describe this, right? You know, um, 
But then some folk have been around for a long time, and you might describe something a little bit different. You know, I was talking to Bob Smith the other day and talking about church and, you know, the changes in church. And he said, man, preacher, he said, when I was a kid, went to church, we stayed all day, never went home. You know, we got there early in the morning, and man, we were just there all day long, you know. So when Jesus said, I'll build my church, what, what, what does that look like to you? And you know this now, pay attention here. You know that it looks differently to different people. So younger generations, I mean, we went through that a few weeks back where we talked about, you know, the generations. My granddaughter and I were speaking about it the other day. You know, she, she said, Pop, what are you? And I said, I'm a boomer. You know, I'm a baby boomer. Uh, but then you have Generation Alpha today. And that would be my granddaughter, Sophia. What is she, 10, 12, 11? She's 11. So I'm a boomer. I'm, I'm, I'm 51. <laughs> I'm 62. And my granddaughter's 11. We go to the same church, right? So what is church to you, Sophia, at 11 years old? What is church to me at 62? Well, I guess maybe we would look at, you know, what's influenced our upbringing. Maybe, maybe it's this. Maybe when I say, what's it look like to you? You might say, well, I guess maybe my involvement has influenced me. My involvement at church. And many of us, Bob was saying this pretty much, you know, uh, my life revolved around the church. You know, many of us, our, our view of church today would be influenced by our involvement in it. You know, some would say, church is everything to me. Say amen right there. It's everything to me. It's all I know. I'm there Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and then every time the doors are open. You remember that? You remember that? And so, and then others might even say this when you ask them, so what does that look like to you? Jesus said, I'll build my church. What does that look like to you? And I think some might respond with the disappointment that they've had at church. Uh, maybe the discontentment they had at church. And some would say this about church. You know, when I say, hey, uh, would you consider uh, visiting over at our church? They might say, no, I, I, don't, I don't do church. I don't do church. Why? Well, I don't want to get into it, but I had some bad experiences. Right? How many of you in church today? Say, say amen. I'm in church today. Raise your hand. I'm here. Are you here? How many of you have never had a bad experience at church? Never. You never had a bad experience at church. I don't know if I can believe Josh is raising his hand back there. I might believe Quincy, but I don't know about Josh. Never had a bad experience. Come on, man. I mean, this is, you know, you know, what, you know what church is made up of? People. And you know what people bring? They bring themselves. And they bring problems. We used to joke around in Bible college, ministry would be great if it weren't for people. You know? So, Jesus said this. Jesus said, I will build my church. But what, what does that look like to you? Because honestly, if you be honest, you know, we have diverse, we're just diverse, and our opinions about that are diverse. And it means different things to different people. Right? And so, I want you to do this. Tyler, would you throw me the remote? Because I, I, don't, I, I just want to stay on top of this. Guys, I'll get back to you in just a moment, but I want to stay with this. Look at, look at the screen, if you would. Look at that word. You know what that word? Say that word with me. Ecclesia. Ecclesia. 
Wow, isn't he smart? <laughs> Ecclesia. And you know, sometimes when we use words like this, we impress ourselves. You know? That word is a Greek word. So now you know a little Greek. Ecclesia, right? So what does ecclesia mean for you and I? Here's a word that I think you might better understand. He's turned it off on me. Church. Church. You understand that, right? Church. So ecclesia is a Greek word that simply means church. But when we just say church, what, it, what, what, what does that convey? Because as I said a little bit ago, it means different things to different people, right? So at the core, at the core, a church is a gathered assembly, a gathered assembly. And I don't want to get too off on this. However, the church, when you use the word church, it means any assembly, honestly. We don't look at it that way because we are church people. But when you look into the Bible, in fact, there was a church in the Old Testament called Israel. Israel is not the church of the New Testament. However, it was a gathering, and it was an assembly, right? Are you with me? Uh, and so, when you say church, right, what, what, what does that convey? Well, it's talking about a gathered assembly. It's talking about community. Community, are you with me? Community. And so, a, a, a church, say church, is a gathered assembly. Now, I'm going someplace with this, I promise you. A gathered assembly of, of individuals in community. You know what formulates a community? People that have things in common. Are you with me? Right? So, if I take you all the way back to ecclesia, which you would, if you had a Greek New Testament in your hands, every time you would see the word church or other places where it's referring to church, it would say ecclesia. And so it would mean church. But really, when we say church here, you know, is church a place or a people? Because here's what's happened. Now, pay attention right here. Uh, we have kind of confused church. And the reason I say that is because, is because we have said things like this. We have said things like, now pay attention, you probably have heard this before, I'll meet you at church. Huh? I'll meet you at church. Or you might say this, uh, hey, are you going to church tomorrow? I would hope all of you would say, I'm coming back to church tonight. <laughs> right? So, when we say that, I'll meet you at church tomorrow, are you coming back to church tonight? You're referring to pretty much a place. I'm going over to the church. We, I, we usually don't get so wordy. I'm going over to the church property. I said to my, my wife this morning, I was checking out this morning. I said, I'll see you at church. And I'm not trying to say to you this morning, I'm not trying to correct your vocabulary or your intentions, because I don't want you to stop saying I'm going to church. However, we also would say something like this, I am so glad the church prayed for me. Now, last time I checked, these buildings don't pray for anybody. And so, sometimes when we say I'll meet you at church, we're referring to 
a place, but then I'm glad the church prayed for me. We're referring to a people, a people. Are you with me? I want you to note this, that church in the Bible is never defined as a place. Did you get that? Nowhere in the Bible will you ever find church being referred to as a place. No, it's not a building, it's not an organization, it's not even a movement. In the Bible, every time you see it, it's a reference to a, a, a people and not a place. A reference to a people, not a place. What changes everything, what changes everything is when Jesus goes along and he, he talks about uh, my church. Did you see it in the text? Right? So now we're not just talking about a people, we're talking about his people. Jesus said, I will build my church. I will gather my people. I will build my people. I will assemble my people. That changes everything. Now we're just not talking about a group of people meeting at Starbucks or at Wawa or in the Old Testament. No, we're speaking now about people who Jesus refers to as my people, my church, my gathering, my assembly. And what makes that different is this. When Jesus speaks about his people, he's speaking about those people who were saved. Yeah. In fact, look at Acts chapter number 2, verse 47. The Bible says, praising God, having favor with all people, all the people, and the Lord added to the, to the what? To the building. To the gathering. To that group of people. To that assembly. Who? Such as should be saved. Are you with me? Huh? And so, the idea then is this, when you speak about church, which church mean to you? I would hope that we would say, church is about a people, not about a place. Church is about a people, not about a place. But we've complicated things. Are you with me? We've complicated things. Guys, hey Doug, back to you. We've complicated things as the church. I, uh, Jason, you, you've heard me say this several times. Jason's my son-in-law. He served on staff with me for 20-some years. He has all my sermons written in the Bible. So when I preach an old sermon, I got to give it a different title. So I try to confuse him. Uh, but you've heard, you've, heard me, you've heard me say uh, about church uh, many times over, and I kind of I forgot the statement I was going to make. <laughs> Tell me what I was going to say, Jay, please. Uh, but, but sometimes we, we just, we complicate church. And we get involved. Here's the statement. I think this. I think when I get to heaven, Tyler, when I get to heaven, the Lord might say to us pastors, what have you done with my church? Where in the world did you get the idea to do what you did because you, you just kind of nudged out the movement of the Holy Spirit. How many are you with me? Are you with me? What have you done? Why did you get so married to formats? Why, why was it so important 
to have such structure, so much structure to where you wouldn't even let the Holy Spirit in, that if he knocked at the back door, you would say, no, 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 you can't come in now. You, you a member here? What have you done to my church? Now, listen carefully. Let me not confuse you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Baptist inside out. I've been pastoring for 35 years. I've been preaching the Word of God for a long time. I know what I am. I know my identity. However, I am bold enough, man enough, and stupid enough to admit we've made some major mistakes as church leaders. And we've boxed in the church of God. And we've made it more about the pew than we did about the people. We've made it more about the place than we have the community. And that's why, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but that's why church attendance is struggling all over America. Because people are just saying, it doesn't do it for me anymore. That doesn't do it for me anymore. Are you with me? Because we've confused things. Uh, we've taken the emphasis off the people and put it on the place. Now, the place is important. And I thank God for this place. And I want to see us blow the walls out of this place. In fact, Deacons and I have been talking about, you know, knocking out one of these walls and extending the auditorium. So, we, we got some big plans for this place. But if we don't have the people, who cares about the place? Huh? You with me? Uh, and, 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 and here's the thing. We've relegated, pay attention to this, we've relegated, we've relegated the church to a place. And not only a place, but to a structured format. So now when we talk about church, we're talking about uh, 1073 New Brooklyn Road. That's the address here. And when I said to my wife, I'll see you at church, what I meant is at 1045 when format begins. That's church for most of us. But I want to ask a question tonight, and I'm going to ask for your input, and that is this. How much does the church today look like the church you see in the Bible? And I'll guarantee you this, I'm going to give you my answer. I don't see the meeting at 1045. They didn't have a worship team. The pastor didn't get up and preach for 40 minutes and then have to shut up because the people turned him off. Paul preached. He preached on a Sunday. didn't shut up until midnight. I fell, fell, fell asleep. He was sitting in the window. The sermon was so long, he fell asleep and fell outside the window. I preach a message called, Be Careful Where You Sit. Huh? See, the church is a community. And, and I think this, I think, now pay attention to this, I think there's a difference in going to church and being the church. I'm going to say that again. I believe there's a difference in going to church and being the church. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'll give you a raise for that one. Look at the screen. I've heard this said, we'll never change the world by going to church. Amen. Take a snapshot of that. We will never change the world by going to church. However, flip it if you would, we will only change the world 
by being the church. Does that make sense? Right? And so the Lord hasn't called us to go to church. He's called us to be the church. Be the church. And our world needs to see the church in action, and that needs to take place outside these walls. Say amen, church. Huh? See, you know what happens here? What I'm preaching right now takes work. This doesn't take work. Well, for some of us it does. You've got to get up Sunday morning early. You've got to clean it all up, dress it all up. If you've got children, you know how that is. It takes a little bit of work. But it takes more work at being the church than going to church. Come on, are you with me or not? Huh? It takes a lot of work to do that. And that's what Jesus called us to be. If we're going to make a difference in our community, in Monroe Township and in Gloucester Township or Gloucester County, then we have got to get active and take the church outside these walls. And that doesn't mean going everywhere preaching the gospel. It means going everywhere living the gospel. Preach the gospel at all times when necessary. Use words. That means we're just living our faith out there instead of just in here. Say amen right there. I like that. In Acts chapter number 2, great, great passage of Scripture. You don't have to turn there. You can flip, guys. In Acts chapter number 2, I love the way the church is described. It's a great passage of Scripture. You can read for yourself when you go home. But, but, but. The church is described in at least two ways there. First, it talks about this. We see the church in a building, the temple, right? They were in the temple, and then, and then you see the church in the community, house to house. Same church, same people, same assembly gathered in the temple, and then they went house to house, breaking bread, having fellowship. That was awesome. You don't see the church relegated to a building. You don't see them married to a pew. Hello? Synagogues, you know what synagogue? By the way, if this were a synagogue, you'd have, to, you'd have to rent your seat. You know that, right? Synagogue, you have to rent your seat. You don't just go sit down. You pay rent for that seat each year. Did you know that? Yeah, that's true. That's, I'm not making that up. See, you're, you're, you ought to be thankful you're Baptist. You can come and sit anywhere you want. Right? Huh? Now, of course, I know my wife threw you out of her seat this morning, George, right? She pays rent for that seat. Amen? But we sit anywhere we want. However, we get so married. So I'm not married. Sure you are. If I had said this morning, hey, we're not going to meet in the auditorium. We're going to meet in the gym. You said, whoa, 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 whoa. Come on now. Come on, church. I want to meet in the gym. It's comfortable over in that auditorium. Huh? In fact, you can't see it, but some of you folk have recliner back here. I know you do. <laughs> Kick back, and, you know? We get so married to things, and here's what happens. Once you get married to something, there's such a resistance to change. Hmm? Such a resistance to change. I think this, I think it's okay to be or do things differently and still accomplish the goal. I want to say that one more time. I believe it's okay to do things differently. I think it's okay 
to be a little different if we're still going to accomplish the goal. But here's the thing, you got to understand what the goal is. So what's the goal? If our goal is to worship God and evangelize the lost, if we keep that, that's our focus as a church, we're to worship God, bring glory to God, and evangelize the lost. That's our goal. If our goal is to fellowship with those in the assembly, that's our goal, because that's what they did in Acts chapter number 2. If that's our goal, then it's okay to be different. It's okay to break out of the mold. If, if, if we're true to our goal, if we're true to our identity. Hello? Right? But we, we think this, we think if we change our uniform, we've changed teams. Man, I'm having such a good time upsetting you this morning, you don't know. Isn't it true, though? If we change our uniform, we've changed teams. So, if I get up here and preach this message with a tuxedo on, or a pair of jeans and a t-shirt, not that I would, I'm going to be more powerful and more effective and more influential in that tuxedo. Because it's not about the word, it's about the uniform. Oh, somebody say something right there. And I'm not trying to rewrite the rules. I'm not trying. I'm just trying to get you and I to understand that we don't have to be married to certain things in order to accomplish what God wants to, us to accomplish in 2023. Huh? Yeah. However, that's a big word, isn't it? Another way to put it is but. But. I like however better. Sounds more educated. You know, it doesn't, doesn't zing you as much, you know. Pastor, that was a great message, but, oh, use however. That was a great message, however, you know. Uh, however, we have got to stay true to our biblical foundation and perspective. That can never change. That can never change. And, and I think this, I think Paul gives us a biblical perspective, a great, just a great look at the church in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Would you flip that slide? Look at this Bible verse. Paul said this, if I tarry long, I want you to understand, I want you to know how you, you need to behave yourself, how you ought to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. You see that? In that one verse, Paul gives us Three snapshots. He uses, he's painting, he's painting a picture with words, right? And he gives us three different snapshots of the church. And I want to just pause for a few minutes and, and just kind of lay that out as a foundation. Okay, can, are you with me? Yeah. Look at the first. He talks about the church as the household of God. You see that? Look at verse number 15 again. He said, he said, uh, if I tarry long, thou mayest know how, to, how thou ought to behave yourself, thyself, in the house of God. The house of God. The household of God. That's the very first snapshot he gives us. The household of God. And I think this, I think that term views the church, us, people, as the extended family of God. The house of God. You know, God is the head right, of the household, isn't he? He's the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. And, and it mainly focuses, that text, 
on the relationships that we build amongst other believers. I'm being biblical here. This is doctrine. That's the household of God. Paul says, if you want to look at the church, you've got to look at it as first the house of God, the household of God. God is the head, and we're his extended family. Amen? We come to understand, look, that as members of the church, we're members of his body, aren't we? The body of Christ. Look here, when you get saved, when you get saved, you become a member of the body of Christ. You do not become a member of a church until you associate with a gathering of his people. There's no such thing as a universal church because the church is what? It's people gathered together in his name. You become a member of his body, the body of Christ, when you get saved, but you don't become a member of his church until you assemble with some other born-again believers who are doing what we're doing right now. Right? And so, when, when, when he talks about the church, he's talking about you and I building relationships with other believers, the house of God. And here's the truth. We, we become brothers and sisters. That's not, we don't use, hey, brother, just because we forgot your name. <laughs> now, I do sometimes. Hey, sister, how you doing? Huh? But we are literally connected as brothers and sisters in the family of God. God is our Father, right? He's the head of the family. And you know this, society, society is built upon relationships. And the church is to be an example to the world on how to build healthy relationships. Did you get that? God established the church, His house, so that we might be an example to the world out there on how to build healthy, not perfect, but healthy relationships. Yeah. And as the household, we reflect Christ, right? But let's be honest about something. You know in every family, in every household, there are struggles, relationship struggles, right? So every church, I mean, there's no perfect church. Every church has its conflict, its struggles, right? There are some people that get out of, out of sorts with each other. We get sideways with each other. We get, we get out of joint with each other. Right? But you're a family. You don't just quit the family. Well, he, he took my seat. I'm leaving that church. Well, then church must have been all about the building, all about your seat. Are you with me? Healthy families learn to work through those struggles. And here's a key verse. Here's a key verse that will help us. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. He says this, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted. Look at the next. Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Right? So, there would never ever be the need for Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, if there wasn't the need for you and I every once in a while to forgive each other. Right? You don't forgive somebody because you're happy with them. I'm so happy with you. God bless you. I forgive you. No, you forgive somebody because they've gotten under your skin. They've irritated you. There's a little bit of a, mm -mm. right? But as, as the house of God, if we're going to reflect the image of Christ, well, then we got to follow the, right? So Paul speaks about the church, and he gives us this picture of the church being the household of God. But then there's another. 
Look, look, look at it. Chapter, go back to that verse if you would. Look, look what he says here, which is the church of the what? Living God. The church of the living God. And so, what he's talking about now is this. The church is a place that's alive. Why? Because the living God meets there. You know why people leave churches today, basically? Because the church they're attending is dead. Or the church is so alive they can't stand it. That's the truth. Right? I mean, sometimes you go in the church, and man, why, why are they so happy over there? You know? Why, why are they singing those songs like that? You know? It should be, blessed assurance, Jesus was mine. You know, just hump the grump. You got young folks, they don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm a young folk. In eternity, I'm a young folk. I don't want to be a part of something dead. And the church is not supposed to be a funeral. Church is not for dead people. It's for living people. And Paul says here in this text of Scripture, you know, uh, the household of God focuses on our relationships with others, but the church of the living God focuses on our relationship with God. And we come to understand that our God is alive. And he works in this community right here. It's where we see him best. Two or three are gathered in his name. There I am. Let's not forget we serve a living God. Amen? I remember reading this about a church in Washington, D.C. Phone rang one day. Pastor picked up the phone. This is the church where the president used to attend every once in a while when he was in office. And pastor picked up the phone and said, hello. And the person on the line said, yes, can you tell me if the president of the United States is going to be in services this upcoming week? And the pastor said, I can't promise you that, but we expect God to be here. <laughs> when was the last time you left your house on Sunday morning going to the place that you call church expecting to meet with God? What was the last time? You know what? We pray more than anything on a Sunday morning. Oh, God, reveal yourself today. I need your power today. I can't do this in my strength today. You've got to show up today. The church of the living God. I wouldn't want to come if it were. Be with you if God's not here. We're just going to stroke each other. We're going to pacify each other. We're going to compliment each other. We're going to eventually annoy each other. But you put God right in the center of it, everything changes. It's a church of the living God. That's what this place needs to be. You can't be that if you're married to a building. You can't be that if you're married to a program. You've got to get married to God. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. But we've gotten so married to things that don't matter. I really believe this. When I get to heaven, he's going to say, you really messed up things down there. Because I've been doing that for a long time. Three songs of message, and let's get out of here because the ball game's on. Or because the line's getting long. I know we like to say a lot of stuff like, I don't go to church to get out, I go to church to get in. Really? Let me just go a little bit past my time. We'll see how the quick, quick that changes. I've been doing this a long time. It's not my first rodeo. You didn't know I was a cowboy, did you? Uh, 
And I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm passionate. You know, whatever I have left in the tank, if it's another year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, I want to make sure that I am in tune with what he's trying to do. I'm not going to stay married to things that used to work that no longer work. And I don't mean just changing the box, having the same cereal. No, that's, that's a fraud. I want us to be genuinely connected and relevant as a church. How about you? Hmm? We need to expect the living God to meet with us. Don't you agree? And then finally, I want you to see this. I want you to see in that same verse of Scripture, he considers the church, look at the last snapshot, the pillar and ground of the truth. You see that? And so he talks about the, the church being the pillar of truth, the pillar of truth. Let me say something about that. Uh, and I hope I can convey this without confusing you. No church has cornered the market on truth. I'm going to say that again. No church has cornered the market on truth, right? Uh, the Bible says that the church isn't the truth. The church is the pillar of the truth. What's the truth? So, this is the foundation, the Word of God, correct? We are we're the pillar. We are placed upon that foundation. And it's our job to stand with it, stand for it, proclaim it. But there's no church that has the, you know, they've cornered the market. Well, the only place you can get truth is down at Open Bible. No. When I pastored in Florida, our church was on a road where in order to get to our church, you had to pass several churches. And if you passed our church, you would see several more churches. They called it Church Row. Church Row. And, and there, were, there were, as you come down the road, I forget all the different ones, but there was, a, there was a Bible church there. Remember, Jays? There was a Bible church there. Faith Bible Church, it was called. There was an Orthodox Catholic church or Greek, Greek something or other church. Before you even got to our church, you know? And so it was flavor of the month. If you didn't feel like hearing me, you could have went to the Orthodox Greek church. You could have went to the Bible church. And then if you passed us by, there was another church and so on and so forth. And, and, and maybe on your way to church this morning, and you pass by and say, well, bless God, I'm going to my church because that's where we're going to truth. But you don't think some truth is being preached there? Look here, if there's a church in your neighborhood where people are being saved, you ought to pray for that church. I'm not saying you ought to attend that church because we don't want you to leave here. But you ought to pray for that church if people are getting saved there. If the gospel is being preached, look here, you don't have to enjoy the music. So what? They have smoke uh, and lights and flash bombs. If people are getting saved, praise God. It's not where I'm going to go to church, but people are getting saved there. No, no, Open Bible is the only place in South Jersey preaching the truth. Really? Really? I don't think so. Why? Because God is not called one church to be the truth. He's just called us to be a pillar of the truth. We're to proclaim. I would hope that you go to church because you understand you're going to get preached the truth when you get here. Not a fairy tale. And we're going to preach the truth. We're not going to play around here. Are you with me? But I would hope you understand that we're not the only church in town that preaches the truth or has the truth. Right? 
Listen to, listen to this about truth, and I believe this with all my heart. Truth is absolute. It is absolute, and it's for everybody. Truth is not relevant. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not arbitrary. It doesn't change because of age or gender or culture. What's true in America is true in the Dominican Republic, right? It's true in America. It's true in Africa. It's true here in America. It's true in Asia. Why? Because truth is absolute truth. Other books may contain truth. The Bible is truth. And we have truth. The Bible says this, the truth will set you free. John chapter 8, right? Truth will set you free. And we should desire to hear truth and desire to attend the church that declares truth. But let me say this about it, and I'm finished. Truth is not given to us to fill our heads. Truth is given to us to change our lives. If you go to church and all you do is get your head filled, it hasn't helped anything. We go to church, and it's got to go from the head to the heart, you know, to the life. Because then we take that truth as a church, and, and we support it by putting that truth into daily action out there. Pillar of truth. What do we do? We take the truth, and then we just live it. And that truth affects society. That truth changes the world. Are you with me? So, in order for me to convey to you my heart about church, I must have you understand what I believe the Bible teaches about the church. It's a household of faith, right? It's, 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 it's household of God, right? We're, we're family. Not only that, but, but it's the church of the living God. It's alive. And it is a source for truth. And so I would say this. How, how, how do you view the church? What, what's your opinion on church? I think this. Uh, this is how I do church, by focusing on my relationship with God, by focusing on my relationship with others, and by focusing on my relationship with the truth. That's how I do church. Did you get that? I'm not sure when we say, so talk to me about church. How do you view, view church? How do you do church? Ah, Sunday morning, 1045, I go, I sing, I listen to you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you sing. I'm glad you listen to me. Church has got to be more than that. It's got to be you and I focusing on our relationship with others and with God and with others and with truth. How do we relate with truth? What do we do with truth? Right? And that's got to take place both in the pew and outside the pew. <laughs> Here and there. Here and there. In the community, in the workplace, in our neighborhood. Why? Because the church is a people, not a place. And I think you agree with that. Right? A place or a people. For me, church is people. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.